It's RTT. Here we are again. Number 46. Number 46. And you need somebody to look at. (laughs) (laughs) We figured. We're here on camera because why not? Yeah. You know, and maybe you're home and you've already run out of, you've watched everything on Netflix. (laughs) Impossible. Watched everything on Amazon Prime. (laughs) And like you're starting to go through YouTube. So Disney Plus, right. Uh, so yeah, this is just our Rogue Type Table Talk podcast. We're yeah, gonna, you know we are on video for we those. We definitely who are, rival right. Netflix and Disney Plus. Absolutely. So absolutely, and it's free. You're gonna see us. Unbelievably, it's free. <laughs> uh, and if you're just normally listening as you normally do in your normal podcast things, welcome to you as well. That's right. Uh, but we're talking about we're still in our prayer series. Amen. Amen. And we're talking about prayer and lament. Prayer and lament, which. Seems providential. Does seem providential, given the, the events of the last um, last week or, or so, especially. Uh, and we're going to kind of talk about lament for uh, lamenting stuff in my own life, lamenting stuff maybe for someone, a loved one, or other people, and then just maybe lamenting the the, the, the world. You know, the general. Mm-hmm. Uh, state of things, how things uh, uh, are not the way they're they're supposed to be, um, and but first, let's we probably should talk about what is lament. What, what is do we mean? What be lament? What? Yeah, I lament something means what, and maybe what's why is it necessary? And so I don't know. How, how would you? What is lament? Yeah, Chad. Well. Uh, I'll talk to it in one category and maybe you can broaden it, but specifically speaking, uh, um, in the book of Psalms, a lament is a category of Psalms in the Psalter, the Psalter being all 150 Psalms, a lament being a specific type of Psalm. So you have laments, you have Psalms of trust, you have thanksgiving, praise, kingly Psalms, all those things. Uh, lament is actually the largest number of There's more laments than in more year. laments than praise mm-hmm. more laments than thanksgiving uh in the in the psalter and so a lament uh there's personal laments where it uh where it's just you know david and god or the psalmist and god i cry out to you there's corporate laments you know we cry out to you you know how, why have you forsaken us come and rescue us it's always a it's always a, a personal address to god a cry out because it uh, some type of anguish or problem or mm-hmm. cry for help. You've mm-hmm. got to intervene or frustration or mm-hmm. anger or grief. Where are you? And then they present their case to God. They ask God to hear them and show up. And then usually there's some sort of um, statement of trust. To, okay, we'll trust you at the end. But mm-hmm. that's after all of the lamenting. So that's one specific, you know, kind of definition of a lament of a song in the Psalms. And that translates to us, because obviously we can do what the psalmist did. Mm-hmm. We can, in fact, do it with the psalmist to some degree, because these were songs of worship, mm-hmm. public worship for God's people in the Old Testament. Would They would get together in church mm-hmm. and corporately lament, right? Yeah, this was in their regular hymn repetition, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... It is a it is a cry of grief, of sorrow, of despair, anger, like this is wrong, this feels wrong. Uh, my life, their life, the world, uh, 
And so that's, and that's something it seems like that's a, there's a pattern, biblical pattern for us to be doing that. Yeah. Now, I think some people maybe can hear that and think, well, that's, yeah, I'm awesome at that. I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm a professional <laughs> lamenter. Right. But really, complaining <laughs> is not lamenting. It's true. Right? It's true. So, I mean, the difference, I mean, what is complaining uh, versus lamenting? I think for me, complaining often is, I don't like that, or that inconveniences me. Or now I got to do more work. Right. Or right. you're not doing. That's not really lament. Right. I mean, it's complaining is somewhat discouraged in, in the scriptures, but lamenting obviously is not. So there's obviously a pretty profound difference. So I don't know. Maybe that's kicked out. Like, what's the difference? How would you define the difference between lamenting and complaining? Do you think that, do you think complaining is actually, um, I'm trying to think of two ways. Is it actually deep enough and genuine enough to become lament? I don't know if it is. Yeah, is it more of right. a... So part I'm, of it, it is It is sort of a top level, like what I'm experiencing right now, yeah. I don't like. Like yeah. on the way here, which happens almost daily, I'm sitting behind somebody, I'm the second car. And they're on their phone? The light turns green. <laughs> And there's always this, I, you know, we're so nice here in the Midwest. No. <laughs> you had one job. Look at the light and then push down see, on that. See, you guys are nice. I hit my horn about one second in. Like, come on, let's come go. On. <laughs> and so, but that's not lamenting. No, that's right. Uh, that I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. Maybe legitimately so. Right. So it's not like, you know, that's necessarily, but it is sort of this surface level uh, of... And even it might be, you know, I don't like my boss or, you know, I got assigned too much work. That's still not, yeah. what we're talking about is something more existential, right? More right. like I'm, my, my heart is groaning because of there's this. a real loss or there's a real transgression. Mm -hmm. You know, someone is actually, there's been injustice done to you or to a people right. where it's a real thing and not just that didn't work out well. I'm, I'm complaining right. about it. Yes. You know, I didn't get my food on time. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Or there's a real sense of crisis. We need God to come through on behalf of his people to keep up his mission. And where is he? Right. Yeah. So it's that. It's not something that's probably super temporary. It's probably something that's a little deeper, a little mm -hmm. more permanent. Yeah. Um, so an example uh, of the kind of sort of the personal lament, and I think this is David, Psalm 13. This is how Psalm 13 opens. How long, Lord, will you hide, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Um, now, I mean, you know, the rest of the psalm continues along that same vein, and he expresses hope in the Lord at the end. But is is that, I mean, aren't we surprised by, I mean, this is David. Like, he's a good Christian. I mean, they weren't Christians yet, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a man after God's own heart. You know, God's chosen servant leader. And this is, does this surprise us to see this sort of, this level of emotion or this depth of, non-positive 
emotion yeah expressed i think it does in two ways one of the ways it surprises me is i always get surprised by the biblical characters um you know faith courage gusto to go ahead and meet god eye to eye and just say hey I trust this relationship enough that you can take what I'm about to say and mm-hmm. you're not going to cancel me or write me off or anything else. You got Abraham, Moses, David. They seem to be not in a hubris sort of way, but a this relationship has so much trust in it. I can be honest with you about mm-hmm. where I am and how I think the situation mm-hmm. is going. Right. I have to be prepared that, you know, you might give me an answer I don't want to hear. Or you might correct me. But so that one, like this foundation of trust... I was talking about this yesterday in the teaching team. Like, I think sometimes we think the progression of lament leads to hope, and it can. But I was also arguing the other side of that is because we have a hope in Christ, we can lament well. Mm -hmm. Because we have trust that God is good and sovereign and governing all this towards a good end, I can grieve the present loss well and lament to him now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think at least that's one way it surprises me. Yeah, so that because... I have hope because I do know all will eventually be redeemed. That's a context for saying, um, yeah, this, but but not yet. But, but this not is yet. really bad. But this feels really awful. But in, in in a sense, the two kind of go together, right? Like, it's not that, you know, this is just the way life is. I mean, no, no use lamenting, just the way everything's always bad. Right. When that's normally not the case is, you know, we live in a fallen, darkened world, but we're made for a better one, and that one's coming. So in the light of that, I can truly re- lament that this really is not the way it's supposed yes. to be. Yes, yes. Right? Um, how, how does it surprise you? Well, it, it, a couple of things that I think are interesting, it makes me reflect on, there, there's not a lot of pretending, right? So there's not a lot of play acting here. Yeah. Which, do I ever play act? for for? And if I'm play acting in my relationship with God, I'm not doing it for God's sake. <laughs> right? He yeah. certainly knows the whole story. He certainly yeah. knows the exact state of my heart. So if I'm subconsciously filtering and editing my emotions and words, I'm doing it for my sake. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to say this. I don't want to admit that I'm at the point where I'm saying, how long, how long, how long Lord? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not protecting God. That's a really good point. I think that's one of the griefs of God as a father that we don't feel the comfortability to be honest. Like right. we got to put a mask on, but it's not for him. Yeah, right. It's, and I think that's, you know, Paul talks about, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, the groaning too deep for words when right. we're in a place of mourning or sorrow. Like we don't even have words for it, but that's okay. God not is, is only okay to hear it. He, His Holy Spirit is facilitating mm-hmm. the expression of that's it good. in groanings too deep for words. And I, But I think that, there's a sense in, I believe, American evangelicalism that there's something naughty about feeling this bad. Yeah, say more about that. Right, there's something like, if I was a better Christian, I wouldn't feel this bad. Mm-hmm. And I do think, even for people who theologically know that's wrong, it operates on a culture level, and we, you know, culture impacts you in ways you're not thinking about. Mm-hmm. So even there's this sense of, I feel like if I was better or did better or was more mature... I wouldn't be in a place where I'm expressing this true emotion, which yeah. is not true. Yeah. It's really not. I mean, you've got like to... this is some re- reveal some defect yes. about later when I me. grow more, I yes. won't be this sad. That's a good point. It's not true. Hmm. And I think 
even for people who know it's not true, that still operates at some subconscious level, right? I mean, do you believe that? I do believe that. And I do think that um, to reject, and I don't think it's conscious maybe, but to reject lament as an appropriate form of worship um, is to not really understand and take seriously what happened in Genesis 3, that we have really been exiled from the garden and alienated from God, ourselves, others, and the world. Then that and Things that, got really messed up. It got really, really bad. Yeah. And we can still make messes of things. So, yeah. to, so to not lament almost feels incongruent with the way the biblical story yeah, has revealed. That's right. That's right. There's, a, there's something that's true about a, a real lament... And therefore, I think, if I never lament, there's a falseness in that. Yeah. I'm avoiding something. I'm whistling past the graveyard. I'm whatever. Yeah, and, I, and I think often because of that dynamic, we're, we're sort of ill-equipped. You know, I think when my, my wife's sister died and there was a long battle with cancer, when my sister died, long battle with cancer, you're, we're just not used to lamenting. And so you almost discover it uh, because it's like, this is, you know, yeah, how long will this last? How long will it go on? You know, praying for a cure, knowing the doctor saying there probably won't be one, um, a sense of helplessness, of dependence, of whatever, in the sense that this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Like, without Genesis, this wouldn't be happening. Like, this is... This happens every day all over the world ever since Genesis 3, but there's a sense in which it's not normal. Like, it's not supposed to be this. That's way. really good. Right. You know, that's really, really good. This this happens all the time, so it's an everyday experience. Right. But that shouldn't numb us to the fact that all of this is not it's the still way it's tragic, supposed to be. Right? It's, it's tragic. still tragic. Well, concerning the, the conversations around death and flu and the coronavirus and all of this stuff, it's very flippant to say, well... A lot more people die from the flu. It's not that big a deal. Or to downplay death at all. Yeah, we're all going to die, which is, we're all going to die. <laughs> that is right, true. Right, But we were made, to, and, you know, we're all eternal beings, right? So, and to rip the soul from the body is an abomination. Mm-hmm. It's just a severing. Yeah, that's it's, why we're sad when people die. Yeah, it's not even, supposed to be even, like Even if we believe they're going to heaven, we're sad. Yeah. There's a sadness there. And I just think we're, I think... So, I think in the church, in the American church, that my experience of it is, we're just not always that good at that. Yeah, probably ill-equipped or, right. or just right. uncomfortable. Right. So this is an experience, like this whole uh, coronavirus experience might be uh, a way for us to discover lament and discover like, yeah, this shouldn't be. We shouldn't have people dying in hallways in, in Italy or, yeah. you know, in body bags in Iran or that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And we can lament that, even though God is in control of everything. And even though, you know, he's still the king, we live in a time where we've messed things up mm-hmm. and all will eventually be redeemed. And so, yeah, because of the hope I can lament and in my lament, I can... I can hope. then hope, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, the other way to, to think of it is then not lamenting, the falseness of not lamenting, it can, it can tempt us to believe we can make heaven on earth. Like, we'll have a great life, great house, great schools, great career, great vacations, great wedding, great reception, great 
great, great. Well, we, that's like that's how life is supposed to be, right? And everything's just supposed to be great all the time. Yeah, and mostly it speaks of our ability in an affluent country or an affluent culture to be in control. Yeah, we can we can simulate that well we can enough simulate to get fooled, that. right? I remember when you and I first went to Africa, I think you'd been there before, but we went to Katskara and we met uh, the oldest woman in the village and she was 70 or 80? Yeah. It was a funny meeting. She was wonderful, but it was she was 70 or 80. But but they were saying the average lifespan's 40. Yeah. So yeah. them not being in control of things was a pretty regular experience. And right. They I all think, knew people who had died. They'd all known people who had kids who had died. It was yes. it was just a normal part of life. I mean, not normal in the sense that we just said it's not the way it's supposed to be, but was, their whole experience was death was present. Yeah, tw- you're looking at 20 years old as middle age then. Yeah. So I like your word, discover how to lament, because we are experiencing right now things that we are not in control of that have been taken away from us because mm-hmm. of the virus. And there are real, there are real laments, you know, there's people not getting to be around other people. There's people not getting to graduate or finish their senior year at college or high school. Uh, it's all online. Like those are real things. There's weddings. There's people dying. And how do you do an online funeral? I mean, those right. are real right. struggles. And businesses might, might fail. Businesses and, might fail. You know, people pe- losing money. People might lose money, jobs, houses. We just don't know. Yeah. Uh, and so the regular rhythm of I've got my life under control is is at least temporarily gone. Uh, and so hopefully we can appreciate it more yeah. if and when it ever comes back. Uh, but I do think it, it's an opportunity to lament the fact that all of that stuff that when it's good, seems good, is still woefully inadequate. Woefully inadequate and maybe for. M- maybe gets in the way of what we really think deep down is actually valuable to us mm-hmm. when it's kind of st- stripped away from us. We think, yeah. well, now, actually, these things I really, really value, people and family and love mm-hmm. and service, those don't get taken away from yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we can grieve about things in our own life, lament things that have happened to us that we're experiencing, that we're feeling. Um there's another, it seems like, you know, there's another maybe category of lament that you see um, where, like, this happened to someone I love. And, uh, you know, this is uh, in Second Samuel, Second Samuel 1, David laments the death of Saul and Jonathan. And, of course, he had very different relationships. Yeah. Like, Saul tried to kill him <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. Jonathan, Saul's son, was like his... His, the best, his friend, best friend he ever had, yeah. right? And so both of them die uh, in battle. In, in 2 Samuel 1, starting in verse 24, you know, you daughters of Israel weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Jonathan, very pleasant to have been, have you been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. Okay, so that also makes us uncomfortable. Yep. And partly it's interesting that, okay, so he's genuinely lamenting the death of King Saul, even though Saul made his life very difficult for a long time. 
because he was the king and he shouldn't have died that way. Yeah. And so there's this lament of that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened to that person. Now, maybe they deserved it in a certain, like there maybe they weren't good people, but that sort of thing shouldn't happen to anybody. In at the, the world in which we live in, that stuff happens. It shouldn't have happened. Jonathan, you know, it's his friend and he's just, you know, your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. And so that's, that's a lament, but then shines a light on a depth of relationship. And it seems like we maybe try to protect ourselves on both, end, both ends of that spectrum. Hmm. Like, I don't ever want to say I'm that close to another dude. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if I, you know, I want to protect myself. Right. And then when they die, uh, you know, hey, your friend died. How are you doing? You know, it's tough, but it'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> Right. That's that's the American version of Second Samuel. Uh, that's a very short lament. <laughs> it's a very short. Yeah, it's tough, but I'll make it. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me again. I mean, we don't say don't ask me again. Right. <laughs> but that's yeah. kind of what. Right. This sort of stoicism in control, mm. but it seems self-protective. Yeah. Right. That's where I think if you look at David and author of most of the Psalms, um, I think one of the, his gifts to us is to teach us how to live more open-heartedly or wholeheartedly. He just seemed his heart was in the moment, in the situation as it should be. Mm -hmm. Now he, he had struggles later on in life and we all, we all do, but he, the King died. My heart's here. That's not good. My best friend died. My heart's there. That's my best friend. Mm -hmm. They treated me better than yeah. the women I know right. in my life, and we were closer in, right. in many ways. So, you know, that's a real thing. It just seems like David has this ability to keep his heart open uh, to what those things are. And I do think it, that's like the, the people in the African village. And it, and it reminds me of um, when we were in Ethiopia, uh, and we were going to that training center, and uh, one of the pastors there, there were these big red uh like you know construction trucks like dump trucks and stuff all over the place mm -hmm. uh and he said hey you know what we call those and i said no we call those al-qaeda oh, that's right remember yeah because why do you call them al-qaeda because they kill so many people yeah i mean they're the trucks are huge and and they drive around real fast and the brakes don't work very well so they just run over cars and kill people yeah and and that was again just part of their ordinary experience and then we got to the the training center and uh, seven of the nuns there were killed on the day that we got there. Yeah. And they didn't know any of these people. But they were killed because one of the, you know, they got hit by one of these trucks. Uh, their car did. And it was a super interesting experience because all of these African pastors really went immediately and deeply into grief and lament. Mm -hmm. And none of us had met any of these people, yeah. but they went deeply into grief and lament. And because that was like, a, they were able to access a real, true, open-handed, open-hearted response. Mm -hmm. And then me, you, and the other Americans were like, what do we say? What um, do we do? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. A bit lost. We're a bit lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that's part of like, if you know, what keeps us from lament. I mean, it's difficult to live in this world and to be aware of what's happening in the world and to be open-hearted and open-handed. Yep. To watch the news and not, you know, you, who wants to watch the news and lament deeply 
every day, but that's probably the appropriate response if we're going to watch the news that, oh, another murder, another murder here, another this, that here, you know, stray bullet hit a, you know, and we kind of just, you know, it's just another day of the news. Yeah. And And protect ourselves. Right. And that's where I think if it's a lament and I'm alone lamenting and just lamenting to myself, then yeah, I'm probably going to either have to get really calloused or just turn it off. off. Right. But the lament is to God. Mm-hmm. The lament is through prayer. It's going somewhere, and it's a cor- it should be a corporate to some degree. The body of Christ lamenting together. But if if it's just me and the weight of all that's wrong from Genesis three, I, it would crush me. Yeah. Um, or you would just tune it out. Right? Or you or you or you have to just tune it out, mm-hmm. and so to me, to stay open-hearted, to kind of keep a bleeding heart, so to speak, you have to have the foundation of prayer or of taking this lament somewhere and and trusting that the God who started the story and enters into the broken story and redeems the broken story will guide the broken mm-hmm. story somewhere to mm-hmm. a holistic finish. And mm-hmm. I think that's a hard thing for today. Yeah. Trust in yeah. that and the goodness of where yeah. the story's going. I, right. I don't know. I feel like that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, yeah, it relates to lamentations that we'll look at in a second, it seems like. Um, but what you, I mean, it strikes me that, so as you're talking, so God sees all of that and sees more than all of that yeah. all the time. He doesn't turn the news off, if you will. He's, that's good. You know, the, the, the babies who die in the third world of preventable causes and malaria and malnutrition and the victims of crime and murder here. Like he is, his heart breaks. He suffers with us. And so because of that, I mean, that should, you know, we can bring our lament because it's not like he's not already there. Yeah. With, you know, he's not like, we're not like, Hey, hate to be a downer. Yeah, he's not sitting behind the desk really happy and you're going to ruin his day. (laughs) Right, right. Right. You know, obviously, to talk about the emotions of God is always a tricky business because I think God is, in a sense, you know, always loving and always has anger and always is sad and he has, you know, he exists outside of time and I don't understand how that works. But it's not, you know, we don't want to... It's not like, hey, hey, God... Hate to sound like you know Debbie Downer, but and you don't have to apologize for it. You don't you don't see that in the in the scriptures. Well, either. I I think I think um, you know the, the the cliche is we make God in our own image. Yeah, you know, man, God made man who knows image, man returned the favor. Right. I think us in North America here want to recreate an image of God who is all powerful and under control and kind of stoic and has all the answers and all together. But I think if you look at the scriptures and the prophets, you know, you're going to go into Lamentations written by Jeremiah. He's also God, the all vulnerable and God, the weeping mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, he laments with us on our behalf and on the behalf of the world of mm-hmm. this is, right. this is not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And there's a vulnerability to, to realizing that's who God really is. Cause it, I want, there's, I mean, I want to believe he's. Like he's the one who's going to keep me from all suffering, and I'm the customer of his goodness. Yeah, and I can go make a complaint 
to the customer <laughs> service department, to God's customer service department. You know, that's not what David's doing. Is that Peter? Who's running that department, the customer service department? <laughs> Somebody. Dear sir. <laughs> You ever read one of those letters? I've never actually. I've thought about. It. I should. I should email their, whatever, and CC the VP of blah blah blah. I've never done that. I haven't. No, I haven't. You know, Jacob, have you ever done that before? Jacob has Twitter. You wrote Twitter, that's or you did twi- on Twitter? That's what Twitter's. That's what Twitter's for. Yes. Um, okay, so let me. We mentioned Lamentations because I think there's a different flavor here. Where I just realized that even with our first video, Jacob may not exist because yeah, right. nobody can right. see him. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Jacob, where are you? Thank you. Um, Sorry, Lamentations. Anyway, lamentations. <laughs> we lament the absence of Jacob from the video. Sorry, side note. I mm-hmm. For us, you know, maybe some of the causes of lament that we've talked about maybe haven't touched our life. Like haven't lost a child, haven't necessarily lost someone to cancer, but there is lamentation in relationship of, no, I'm not the person I'm supposed to be in my marriage. I'm, you know, I, I lament l- my own, I lament my own sin and my grief, shortcoming. Right. I'm not, this is not who I want to be as a parent, a friend, a, you know, whatever. Like there's lament of, this is not exactly how it's supposed to be. So mm-hmm. just wanted to... Th- well, I think that reminds me, uh, we talked about praying Scripture and the pattern of prayer, you know, the Lord's Prayer, you know, God's will be done, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that includes me. Mm-hmm. Like, one day everything is going to be... Fi- one day I'm going to be fixed. Yeah. You know, one day it will be as it should be. I will be as I should be. Um, but in Lamentations, you know, Jeremiah writes... The book of Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah wrote the prophet wrote the, the book of Jeremiah as well, um, and it happens when Israel has been taken into exile and the temple's been, you know, destroyed and the nation's been taken away, and it looks like that the promise given to Abraham and to Moses that there would be a land and there'd be God's people and they'd have the law and they'd have the temple and they would be God's people, and he would make himself known through them. That looks like it's over. It just looks like it's just, like, that did not work out. You know, plan A is over. Um, And there's this this sense of lamenting the way things should have been, the way things were. And um, Lamentations chapter 1, verse 1, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. And he's speaking, of course, of Jerusalem that's been people killed, city destroyed, people taken into exile. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become, she who was great among the, na- the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies." Verse 4, the roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the festival. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her virgins have been afflicted, and she herself suffers bitterly. And this image of what once was great, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. She was a princess now, you know, and the greatness of all that represented the promise of God at all just seems, it is, people have 
died, taken into exile. It's he's lamenting not only what happened, but what that represents, right? Yeah. About God's plan, God's people. And of course, you know, we we've probably all seen the images of empty cities right now across the world where Rome is empty and these Florence and uh, these great cities that, you know, everybody's has, is now inside. And it's, you know, of course, God's plan wasn't derailed. And God, God's plan wasn't derailed. And in the middle of the book, Jeremiah says that basically, you know, great is your faithfulness, your mercies are new every morning. But he doesn't look at what happened and said, you know what? God's plan is just marching along, right. and pretty soon it's all going to be great. Right. And we don't even have to be sad because this thing's happening. And I kind of feel like that's what we want to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we can say, hey, God's still in control. Well, he is. That, you know, we can have hope for tomorrow. Well, we can. <laughs> but we can also lament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and should lament. Yeah. Because were it not were it not for Genesis three, God's plan wouldn't have to have all these elements in it that are just hard. Yeah. And that's just a you know, that's a sad thing. It is. And I always think when I hear true answers with a trite tone, I think, yeah, but not like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah, we do have hope, but not how you're presenting it. And we do have, you know, God's in control, but not like that. <laughs> and it almost diminishes the hope, right? It does. It, it's sort of, it's superficial hope for a superficial wound. Yeah. We know the wound's really deep, but the hope's bigger. Yeah. But I got to kind of, in order to see the hope, I got to, I got to look at the wound. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do think, I mean, how do, how do we reflect through this that, you know, God is still in control, and even though I may lose these things, my hope never should have been in these things. Yeah. And it's a harsh medicine, but it might be what orients my heart towards him. Because in a I mean, we are creatures of eternity. And, you know, our, our time here is short in, in, in relation. And am I, am I, you know, am I building up treasure in heaven? Am I, am I, is my heart being oriented? Yeah. Towards heaven, this is this will force me one direction, or perhaps, or the other. Well, that that's a great point, and I want to be really, really clear here, uh, so as not to be misunderstood. That's a great point. My heart will be forced one direction, and often it's times of global crisis, national crisis, um, that can bring about a sense of repentance for people, and different to Israel in that passage with Lamentations, they had brought about uh, their own judgment through their own sin, and that was a clear connection. Right. And, and I'm we not, have no sense yeah, that I'm not saying that God's judgment at all. Anything. Right. I'm not saying that That's this God's is That's God's business to figure out. Right. And I'm not saying it's a connection to anyone or group or people or world sin. Mm -hmm. And yet, on the other side of that, usually when some type of crisis like this comes, lament can be an opportunity for us to repent, to turn. And all that simply means is to turn from one way I was going and to turn to God. Mm -hmm. And so usually like this, it, it causes our values to come into sharper focus. Maybe things that were distracting or we were using to prop ourselves up, maybe they're falling apart. And so mm -hmm. we kind of have all these 
come to Jesus, so to speak, meetings. And that can be a really good thing. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, to to take a, a, a typical and maybe safe example, you know, I can look at my 401k statement and lament, genuinely, that's smaller than it used to be. Yeah. And that's okay to do. Yeah. But at the same time, a true lament would help me see, but my hope was never in that. Right. That that's not what's going to, God is the one who's going to take care of me and my family. That's a, the fruit of wise living and all that. It's good. And I can say, oh, it's, it's awful that that's happened. That's also true. Uh, but part of it should be a reminder of what really is my security and who really is my hope. Uh, and that's a that's a very small example, but I think it's one that that we can all sort of relate to in some way. It's true, because uh, the number on the bottom of the paper is getting smaller at the moment for all of us. And one day it probably will be higher again. And and hopefully I can remember when the number's higher again that my hope isn't in it. That's good. That because yeah. that'll be the temptation of yeah. Uh, but the reality is, it's it's kind of. Uh, I was texting with a friend of mine. I was like, you know, hey, this is surreal. It's like a, it's you know, it's, it's unreal. It's like a movie. Yeah. And in a sense, that's true. But in a sense, this is like one of the realest things that ever has ever happened in our lifetimes. Yeah. Like this is right out of the Bible. I mean, this is a yeah. real. In a sense, it's taking a lot of the unreal, surreal things that we have grown accustomed to and stripping them away. Like, this is not right. real. Like, the church now has to be about praying for people and caring for people and connecting with people and being on mission and or perhaps all sharpened to that. Well, that should always be the case. Should always be the case. But again, in, in an affluent and ability to have comfort society, that isn't always the case. It isn't always the case. So right. lament and crisis in hand-in-hand hand teach us like you're saying, not to attach our security to our success mm-hmm. and to remember that. And remember because, later when yeah, the success to, comes back. To remember, we may be successful in the future. Some people may not be affected in their success right now, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are. Um, but that helps us to reattach our true sense of security um, into the hope that God has for us in Christ. And then this up here, it can stay in its proper category. Right. It comes and goes. It right. comes and goes, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, as we're coming to the end of our time, you know, I I don't know how I want to, you know, leave it with people other than to try to give permission to access their own lamentation and to give themselves permission, right, to feel that, because it's obviously a very biblical thing, and give themselves permission to express that to God, even just like, man, I'm I'm frightened, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid for my elderly family members. I'm afraid for, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid for my business. Uh, you know, I'm just lamenting this is happening. That's perfectly okay to say. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, and perhaps that's the route, as you said, the doorway, the invitation to a deeper hope than we've had before. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's maybe where we'll leave it. Uh, that uh, let's, one of the things we can do together, we can pray together and praise together and work together but we can also lament together and uh, perhaps we should do that uh, this week Uh, and uh, that's perhaps an avenue to greater hope and with that uh, grace and peace God bless thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks a Calvary Church media productions podcast be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts